Welcome to the Football Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number Nine. And this is The Fool. Hi, everyone. Due to the incredible amount of feedback we've received for our previous uh, Super League podcast, which was to do with potential league systems, we've decided that there's a lot more to say about this potential European uh, Super League, which could have happened, and consequences yeah, yeah. fall out. Yeah, I think the, the two podcasts we've, we've mentioned, European Super Leagues and European um, football structures, have been two of our most um, listened to podcasts. Yes. There are other continental Super Leagues yeah, emerging yeah. as we speak. Yeah, yeah. And say, so, not to mention other national leagues that are closed, such as yeah. the MLS and the A-League. Yes. And the... Um, those of you who remember the first uh, podcast where we talked about my ideal European structure, if we were to have a merged league system, is there would be an international pyramid uh, with a FIFA Champions League and then maybe a secondary equivalent of a Europa League, maybe called the Intercontinental yeah, League yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The world uh, likes the idea of uh, Super Leagues. Much as it's been resisted by UEFA and FIFA in Europe, it's picking up around the world. Uh, I There was a call from Gary Neville to just get the six relegated. The three bottom clubs stay and the three promoted clubs get promoted. Um, that's probably a bit harsh. But... I mean, I think if they had stayed, like now, with Real and Barca, that would have been what would happen to them. Like... Premier League would go, yep, you're, like, expelled I would, from the I, league. I expect if they had stayed, that the Premier League and FA had just expelled them fully and be like, you can't play in England. But that's what would have happened. And UEFA yeah. said you can't play in UEFA competitions. And the same with the other FA. Yeah, that's, what, that's what kind of threw me off, because the word on the street was that Liverpool, Manchester United and Arsenal were secretly hoping for oh. that to happen. And they were basically going to play their youth teams and B-sides anyway in Premier League, and they were just going to focus on the Super League games. Um, And that's all they cared about. Um, And because they have less games, they'd be less tired. And they really wanted their players to be banned from representing their country because, you know, even less games and, like, better performance. So they were actually okay with that. They were secretly hoping that they would get an international ban, their players, and they were kind of okay with the idea that they get kicked out of the league. At least Arsenal, United, and Liverpool were. I know they sort of suggested that they could continue playing, but I would suspect that 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 avenue had to be the expected outcome. There is a rule with the Premier League going that you cannot compete in any other competitive league without the permission of the Premier League and obviously the rest of the no. 14 would just go <laughs> okay. no F you like, you're out of here there's the drawer exactly. see you later bye Felicia <laughs> and I think it, at this is where City and Chelsea were like oh they're actually going to look mm. to kick us out which is what I think was a realistic threat um, so Chelsea and uh, City were like um, no we're yeah. sorry, please forgive us. <laughs> and at which point Spurs was like, what are we doing here? Guys, like, I think, I was like, I got this advice, like, I got really excited. <laughs> um, you know? <laughs> at which point for the rest of the big six, 
you know, the rest of the three, they just, you know, it no. wasn't tenable anymore. Like, without City and Chelsea they and Spurs, they kind of lost a bit of yeah, legitimacy yeah. of, like, yeah, yeah, the exactly. big clubs are all here. It sort of had the reverse effect. So, you know, Chelsea and, and yeah. City had sort of jumped in because, oh, that's where the, the other big clubs are going. We sort of have to go there to keep the, you know, competition alive. And then once they jumped out, everybody else was like, well... Yeah. What's the point of being in this league if we're going to get punished and not play the teams that we actually want to play? So What would have been interesting is if they did stick to it and got kicked out, but the FA, uh, I, sorry, the Football League, who run the championship mm-hmm. and League 1 and League 2, had decided, okay, we're not going to kick you out, but you're in the championship and you can never get promoted to the Premiership. <laughs> the Premiership is just like, yep, these four are exiled <laughs> for life, so... They win the championship. They're not promoted. See ya. You can play your B team in the championship. That's fine. Like, we're good with that. I mean, and that's not an unreasonable situation. What if the the FA or the league had said that they can't even be, they have to start at the bottom because they didn't count teams anymore or something? If they weren't relegated, they were kicked out. They would have to then also be exiled from the Football League. Um, Sorry, they'd have to be exiled from the Football League as well, and then they'd have to start from the bottom of the... uh, To be fair, they'd just get up in like five or six years, be in the Football League pyramid anyway. I was meaning start at the bottom of the Football League um, pyramid. But, I mean, it's just a few years to get up there, but it's hilarious. There's an interesting proposal in Scotland um, north of the border, that Rangers and Celtic play their uh, uh, B teams in the fourth oh. division. Well, they have been wanting to. I think both Celtics and Rangers have pretty much been wanting to play in the the Premier. Yeah, as in the Scottish oh, right, fourth division, oh, not yeah, the English fourth division. Just to be clear on this, like they would be playing their reserve side. Um, part of it is that they would gain a lot of money for the lower mm. division games because it's so, Rangers yeah, yeah. Celtics still and they have uh, fans coming through and there are definitely arguments against it because it's like okay if Rangers and Celtic can do it why can't Hearts and Hibs and then maybe Aberdeen yeah, yeah. and Dundee um, these are all the big clubs um, in Scotland at which point you know the fourth division people just go like you know you're not just we're not just one yeah, exactly. of your we're real people too we exist yeah, I'd like sure they were. It was a thing. They were never going to be promoted into the third division um, yeah. and things like that. And it gave them meaningful games, and it gave those clubs some money. Gave them, so there's yeah, there are. It was a proposal, so it was an interesting idea, at least. It is a an interesting proposal, and I think yeah, it's you say it's got some good merits, but it has some pitfalls. So the other interesting proposal which I don't know what happens now with the Super League debacle, is Belgium and Holland were going to combine oh. their leagues. Top that would have been interesting. All the clubs in both divisions yeah. had agreed, and they were basically trying to figure out what they wanted to do, whether they were just going to have the top leagues and then maybe a second division, and then basically everything else becomes a national yeah, yeah, yeah. pyramid, supporting those with in a Belgian side and a Dutch side. Yeah. Or whether they were going to merge their two pyramids oh. all the way down, which would have what well, like interesting consequences, yeah, yeah. you know, because that would basically give the uh, Benelux countries a league system that's as yeah. deep as England, going all the way down. I mean, okay, when I say Benelux, 
Benny, because Luxembourg aren't part of it, but <laughs> <laughs> they were called. I think they were going to call it the Benel uh, Benny League or something like that, because it would be Belgium and yeah. uh, the Netherlands. Um, uh, but yes, because they were also considering doing something similar with um, Holland, Scotland, Belgium, oh, and right. Portugal yeah. together, like an Atlantic League, basically just combine their top divisions yeah. and everything. Okay, I, obviously I don't have a problem with this idea because, once again, it's not a closed mm. system. It's merging two pyramids to make them more competitive because it, it is believed if those two leagues combined, they would be number six yeah. after France. That would, yeah. And uh, in terms of money, and, and they would immediately, their, apparently their TV rights would go from being worth about 80 million each to about 400 yeah, million. Yeah, that's a big jump. That that does seem to make it very worth it. I, the Beneliga has a reasonable amount of support, I think. It has its detractors, and I, I, I can see both sides' arguments. I don't think anybody who is anti-Beneliga don't understand how money works, for example. <laughs> one of those people. Yeah, but I'm also like the people who want who do support it. You know, there's a reason why people call them greedy and like <laughs> they're only in it for the money. Like it's, it's a tough situation to be in, um, especially if you're like Holland, where you traditionally have an amazing league with so many storied clubs. Yeah, yeah. And now there's basically maybe Ajax that compete every year in the yeah. Champions League and. Like, it's almost like the Dutch League was one of the most competitive leagues in the 2000s, and even to a certain extent, the 2010s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only like in the last two or three years where Ajax has literally just started dominating an incredible amount. And I think I could understand why clubs like PSV, etc., would be very, very interested in trying to, you know, give themselves more, like, money. Yeah, yeah. Having more resources, I think, is a better way of putting it as well. Whilst it comes and maybe to even money, access but... to greater markets and things like this. Yeah, yeah, which will make them a more um, attractive proposition for higher-end players or, yeah. you know, top-end players who therefore will see it as a good place to go, which means they get more... They have better quality of football, they get more fans... There is better football. They'll do better in Europe and everything. So it has a positive feedback loop there. It's not just about making lots of money. It's also about getting the exposure and getting the attractiveness of the league and of your games and so that people watch it. Absolutely. But for that, you need money. Yeah. It's a chicken and egg. The, you need one to get the other, you know? Yeah, yeah. If they do it wrong, it could destroy what they've built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is a fine line to work, walk there, right, with the fans, because the fans just want, they want the, especially some of them, the diehard fans are like, we're in it for the purity of the game. We want to... Like, I think, to a certain extent, like, it's how attractive can they make, for example, for Dutch fans to go, like, you know, I think PSV and Ajax fans might be happy to go and play Anderlecht or Bru yeah, yeah. Club Bruges, you know, those big-name Belgian clubs like they're kind of famous, you know, both yeah. sides of the border, but like, but they also have to think about going to play like smaller clubs, uh, you know, mid-table, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, clubs, 
you know, and not just them, like clubs like Rhoda JC will have to go do that, like, as well. Like, the non-big clubs of, the mid-table clubs of Holland, how attractive is it for them to play the mid-table clubs of Belgium and vice versa? Yeah, well, exactly. But I guess a little bit of that is if you've increased your size and therefore the attractiveness of the market, all the clubs will be getting a bit more money, so they'll, yeah. they'll slowly become a better... It'll be a bit yeah, more attractive for the clubs as well. If I'm going to give it a Premier League sort of example, like it took a while for Chelsea to get a rivalry with Manchester United. Yeah. And Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It didn't, and it's only, it's taken maybe 20 years. And like, I'm not saying it happened from the Abramovich era only, but like once mm. Chelsea started being a big club and competing in at the top of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. But it took 20 years to build that, you know, and the Dutch league need to have that. They don't have a guarantee that they will get there, if that makes sense. Just because you put the seeds doesn't mean the plant will grow. Yeah, exactly. They've just got a a bit of that is the tendering, right? They've got to water it and make sure everything's going right. And I guess a little bit of that is, is how that football structure goes. Like, do they just have the one league at the top and it's... 10 teams, yeah. maybe. I think at the end of the day, it's only viable if they have at least a joint pyramid for at least three or four structures, right? I can see why, but I also see that if they do this, the UEFA, they have to be like, this is the blueprint why yeah. it's allowed and why, where, when it could be allowed in the future, because I think I can see the idea of places like Switzerland, Austria the Balkans even maybe in Scandinavia deciding, hey, let's look at combining leagues. Like we have, especially Scandinavia because those countries are very integrated. Um, The Balkans, I'm just like, why don't we just start civil wars there again if you're just going to (laughs) combine leagues? Like, I mean, sure, they all used to play in the Yugoslav League, but we can all tell this is a bad idea. Yeah. That's not going to end well. Like a, the Dinamo, the first game between Dinamo Zagreb and Red Star Belgrade is just going to yeah. be a bloodbath. Like we just know I mean, the, the like, games in each of the respective leagues are bad enough let, as it is. At least let another th- let uh, let another three decades pass before we go down <laughs> that road right, again. Too soon, too soon. Um, but because of the way they've reformed Europe now, because France gets a bit more extra uh, European mm. spots. Um, and I think at the moment, Portugal is number six. And I believe Portugal is going to remain number six for the foreseeable future because they're just the, the game is yeah. run better in Portugal than it is in Russia. Russia's seventh, even though they have way more people in Russia and technically more money. Portugal, A, it's closer to South America. It's the perfect yeah. bridge country. So they're always making good deals, buying players young, scouting them properly, and getting selling them high and their players have a proven track record of doing well in Europe which doesn't always work for uh, Russian league and Ukrainian league players so I think Portugal will uh, remain six and I also think like it would have been interesting if Porto and Benefica were one of those two along with Ajax as we mentioned in our previous podcast as those other three because those three are seller clubs they buy young, get low, but they would not potentially, if they survive the Super League, heck, if they're part of the 15, they can't be relegated. They're probably not selling, and they're making really good teams. Yeah, yeah. 
they know how to win in the European yeah, stage. Yeah. They have pedigree. They have good people that know how to run good football yeah. clubs. From their point of view, it's a good move. I think you're right that UEFA need to ensure that they've got control of it because otherwise it could get a bit crazy. Would would you would you necessarily object to a Atlantic League with like Holland, Belgium, Portugal, and Scotland because that would immediately make a bunch of European like brand name clubs be relevant in like their home comp they make you know make them so much more yeah, yeah. powerful. No, it's, it's in principle no. I would just be worried about the precedent and, and the practice and the practice and ensuring that. How come then you couldn't have the English, French, German, Spanish, Italian leagues merge and have a, a super continental league? Yeah. You still have the openness of it. Which, but but you, As you know, I am not against a continental league as long as there yeah. is a pyramid and it's not a closed system. To be fair, actually, I was about to say, though that is an open system with a pyramid underneath it. So, hey, hey, why not just allow this to happen? This may organically make things better. Okay. All right. So, continuing on about this conversation about Super Leagues. There's been a lot of speculation on the internet about how a proposed Liga MX and MLS would work. Um, Yeah. Because the idea is not new, and it's something both leagues kind of want. Both leagues have something the other wants. Yeah. The Americans want the Mexican legitimacy. I think that's a fair way of describing it. The the actual fan culture and everything that they have, yeah. and like, because it's even for MLS games, they're the highest audience comes during games when they play against Liga MX sides. All right. So there's already a uh, regular across the border fixture. So, like, imagine if the champions of England and Scotland played every year. So Celtic Rangers. That's the Celtic and Rangers wet dream, really. But yeah. Like every year had a game, like as opposed to a, like imagine as if the Charity Shield, for example, were played between those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of like uh, being part of the regular league and having that money, they yeah. would be getting some of that money from getting a game and even like maybe a group of games, perhaps like a playoff, like a league, like a British Cup system. Maybe yeah, with yeah, yeah. Welsh clubs and yeah. uh, Northern Irish clubs. Like you could see, all these other clubs would be into it. Um, but there's no reason for the English clubs to get into it. Like they already have money and legitimacy. Yeah, yeah. Why it's not already happened in Europe no. or any other uh, country now. Like, or it hasn't really happened uh, with something like the Premier League, and it probably will never happen with one of those top four leagues unless there's a shakeup or some sort of fan swell support for it. It's also different uh, now apparently and I'm not a follower of African football because there was a lot of comments I was reading and in forums when the ESL was all announced apparently Africa is making a super league (laughs) and it's going to be a closed system apparently. I don't know much about it and I and how the process would work but the FIFA has agreed to it. Now, I, mean, I don't think there's a double standard here because I think you can argue that Africa as a continent is still yeah. developing. That's no disrespect to their football. I think they have a long football tradition and their culture and all that. But 
there is the money is what's developing the business yes, side of things. I think you're right. Like from a from a national team and a player point of view, like it's not really a developing area, but from the football league and structure point of view, then yes. And so yeah, it may make sense to do it this way and and have the closed. Well, it sounds like twenty teams going into the Super League. Yeah, twenty teams. So, and it may help to to provide better you know, pathways for African players, which could only be better in the long term. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at some of the clubs that compete. There's a lot of North yeah. African clubs, which not surprise. Egypt, Morocco, and Tunisia are all really at the club level. That is really really yeah. popular. And I'm assuming a lot of the South African big clubs, Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, and uh, Memelo Doni Sundowns, they're like just, I'm sure they're going to be. And I'm sure there'll be a few of the West African uh, countries represented with clubs like uh, clubs in uh, Ghana, uh, Nigeria, because I think it would be difficult for, and Cameroon, obviously, um, just because they produce so much talent. You've got to have something in there. I mean, I think North, South, and West Africa, but then there's probably... Because clubs in East Africa, like in Kenya and Tanzania, while they're not big in doing well in the CAF, yeah, you know, yeah. the African Champions League, they, they're they big clubs. They sell out, and they're, the I think, amongst the oldest clubs in Africa outside of South Africa. Yeah. This is the thing. Africa is going to have a Super League, and we've already talked before where the MLS wants to merge with League yeah, yeah. MX, which or has always act super coy when when asked whether or not they <laughs> want to merge, which uh, you can take yeah. however you want. So if North America is effectively merging into mm-hmm. a league, um, and that would be a closed system, and the African Super League, from my understanding, would also be a um, it does a appear closed that way, system. Yeah. It will be a closed system. Europeans have a very these European big clubs have a very valid gripe to yeah. go yeah. what the hell so because if the MLS system had relegation promotion it was an open competition I don't think any of us here would would have any issues with no. it exactly if there was uh, you can maybe make an exception for the MLS being a closed league because that's how North American sports works yeah I mean that's where that is, right? The MLS is just based on the rest of the North Americans, so they just went with the franchise system, but that's how it works. That's the thing. And with if they do merge North America, what is the like? What does it set the precedent? Do the big clubs in Uruguay and Argentina suddenly go? Why don't we play in the Brazilian league? Or the top clubs in Brazil just go? Look, we're going to leave Brazil's league system because. There are issues with Brazilian <laughs> football. Do not get me wrong. They play way. T- their club level plays way too many games. Um, because they have to play in their national league and then they have to play in their state league All in right. the off-season. Oh, yeah. And Brazil has a big 12. To the surprise of no one, they have the most number of big clubs yeah. in their systems. Um, but then, you know, there are big clubs on the continent. There's your Penarol, Nacional in Uruguay. You've got the big five in um, Argentina. You could make a decent South American league with those three countries, yeah. plus, like, you know, representatives from others, and you could make a good two... Div- like, okay, I'm not suggesting a closed league, but even if... What if they made a South American Super League, which was a, you know, two-division league, plus and then you've got the pyramids in the other countries and whatnot. Um, once again, we're not opposed to a continent-wide 
system if it's an open system. But, but if they have, were to form a closed league, if, even could, would FIFA say act as vehemently against this against, uh, as they did against the European one? Because this would be one of the few ways for South America to bring back parity yeah, yeah. with Europe. For a while, the uh, Brazilian clubs were staying and being um, sorry, were not staying, but were like competing with the. Um, with the Europeans in the world stage, but uh, like this is like this century, yeah. I'm meaning, but you know, not, right now it's really difficult for them yeah. to do that because the funding is just like the yeah, gap well, is exactly. massive. So yeah, the yeah, so the Super League in these places may may help with that and say bring back the parity and therefore you know spread the the, the great game around the world a bit more, which is what FIFA wants. So it's perhaps um, what's what they say they want. Um, so yeah, they probably won't be as won't object as much to a South South American Super yeah. League as they would to a European Super League. But once again, is you know, yeah. where is the that hypocrisy line then? Because it's got to be somewhere. Yeah. But but like now the way after post ESL and how much of a bad taste the idea of closed systems leaves in my mouth. Like I'm at this position where you know China. The Chinese Super League, for all the criticism it gets for buying overseas players and local players mm. not being good, they're not a closed system. They have relegation yeah, yeah. and promotion. So to me, they're a more legitimate league than the MLS yeah, or the A-League. The other one is the A-League. That, that's our own, well, ownish. Well, New Zealand ha- flirts with it, right? It goes... A- it sometimes has it, it sometimes doesn't have it. Um, the New Zealand League... But you can at least excuse that New Zealand is a semi-pro league. And- you know, they're, and the level below it are all amateur. It, I mean, yeah, the New Zealand top flight is pretty much a closed league, but then they sort of have the Chatham Cup and other things to have the more openness and have that fairy tale story. Uh, yeah, the Chatham Cup is there. And traditionally, it's, even with only having amateur clubs, it has had relegation. They've just decided, Football New Zealand has just decided to follow the model of super rugby and merge yeah, teams yeah. and make them make the smaller clubs feeders for the top tier, which is yeah. a closed system, and then the bottoms have the relegations. And I'm not necessarily against it because New Zealand is still very, like I said, other than Auckland City and Waitakere United and the Wellington yeah. Phoenix, there's no professional no, clubs. Not really. Really. And in even, New Zealand. So, yeah, even the two Auckland clubs are they're not really professional. They're semi-professional at best. They're just more professional than the rest of the New Zealand teams, basically. Yeah, they're semi-professional. I mean, look, we love... Obviously, I'm from New Zealand. These are yeah, my yeah. biases, and I think New Zealand has a strong heritage yes. in football. And, like, you know, foot, like one of the reasons why Waitakere FC is strong is because they didn't convert to playing rugby union. They yeah. kept playing football. So that's how old Waitakere yeah, yeah, yeah. FC is and yeah, yeah. Kumi you are. You know, there's clubs that happen to not um, that did it, and they've been around forever. Yeah. And like, you know, people, sure, like non-football people are happy when Auckland City do well in club world championships, but I'm not because I'm a Waitakere fan, and there are closest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, there are greatest rivals. Exactly. Like I want Waitakere yeah. to do well, and your New Zealand isn't pretending to be a top tier professional. No. cool league like the MLS yeah, and the yeah. A-League are. So to me, like, you know, any country with the relegation promotion um, system is, has a better league than the MLS or the A-League. And I don't think that's unfair. It depends on the New Zealand 
um, system. It is being set up to uh, help push young players as best along the pathways they can. Like it's not designed around yes. some sort of franchise money making thing. It's actually looking at going yeah. how can we ensure we have our best players playing at the top level as quickly as possible and them being exposed to to the international scene so that they could you know get a bit more lucrative contracts and we can have good players playing in proper things so that we can have a good national team. And having the semi-closed or the current model seems to be the best way of doing that because it ensures yeah, the best players are playing together and then one of them, White Agri or Auckland City, basically, get to go play in the club championships and those players get to be showcased on the world scene then and that, that helps them get picked up. So. Yeah. yeah, and that's... The thing, but it's still. I think we. I don't think we're going to argue that the right clubs aren't in that top tier for no, no. New Zealand at least. You know, there, there isn't the equivalent of an Arsenal. Yeah, you know what I mean. In the New Zealand football league, like you've got your clubs like you know Napier City Rovers, you've got Miramar, and yeah, yeah these guys who have been like you know the big clubs of of New Zealand football since like pretty much yeah. ever. Canterbury United, yeah. Well, look, okay, to be fair, Napier City Rovers aren't there. They're part of Hawks Bay United. But, you know, they're part oh. of it. Like, everybody yeah. knows it's just basically... As, as you said, there's a, bit of, there's a bit of merging going on and renaming to make them a bit more regional-based. Yeah. Like, Waitakere United is really Waitakere FC yeah. and Suburbs yeah. and Kumiu. And, yeah, some of the regional ones have been renamed as their regions as opposed to the traditional club yeah. name and things like that. Is yeah. That like Hawks Bay as opposed to... That's... Napier As opposed Rivers. to Napier City, which I'm sure Hastings is yeah. super happy but about. We all know it's really just Napier City. Yeah. Rivers. yeah. <laughs> really. Sorry, Hastings. Yeah, but. pretty much. Oh, as a side point, the New mm. Zealand Football League is going back to a, um open system. So they'll have three regional leagues, Northern League, Central League, Southern League, uh, with 30 teams in each of those. And then the top, the top 10 sides out of all those, or maybe the top 12 sides, will um, go into a national league during the summer so the regional ones over winter and then they'll do a, a national league over the summer so they're following the Brazilian yeah. system <laughs> so yes it's lots Fair of football for everyone but um, but we'll see we'll see how that Thanks. goes they're hoping to get the women's game to the same bit so it's starting with a, a franchise type system with the women's game but they're hoping to expand it to a fully club based model in the near future yeah I mean it makes sense yeah. Do it that way. They're, once again, they're still, um, their focus is still on youth development and sustainability of the clubs. So trying to ensure the clubs can survive, um, but prioritizing youth development up through the ranks to, to get a, a better national team. Yeah. But it does sound um, promising in that regard. Fingers crossed. I guess that's all we have time for. Um, thanks for listening and look forward to hearing from you next, next time. Yes. Catch you next time.